I'd like to talk for a short while on how do you respond to evil. You know, when you look at this lesson and you think about evil, if you can try to define a word on that, in our lifetime right now, you can give it a lot of different categories as far as evil that comes our way. You know, you think about just the politics in today's lifetime. We're not going to sit here and talk about politics, but when you look at what's going on in the political world, you can see a lot of times they're treating each other differently. You know, used to, when I was a kiddo, I can remember an old man on the, on the bench whittling and, and on a piece of wood, and, and they're talking about politics, and they're getting along, and one is, doesn't believe the way the other one does. So there was a respect thing there that was going on. I think that we've lost today. When you think about evil, a lot of times in this world today, and how we respond to that, you can see a lot of bitterness and a lot of hatred on people's uh, different beliefs in that area of the things they do to each other, things that they say. So you see them responding to evil really in, in a bad way, don't you? And as Christians, when we have something that comes our way that has been done to us, how do we respond to evil? If you were to put a definition on evil, when you think about that, whether it's somebody of the world or whether it's a Christian who has done you wrong, where'd that come from, number one? If you think about that, we're going to look at this word evil quite a bit. We're going to look at the word a little bit of, of enemy. And if you think about evil and the enemy, the way the Bible was talking in those days, you think about enemy as this soldier maybe of a foreign nation with a, a shield and a sword, and, and you're going to be fighting against him. For me, I think of, of, as an enemy of, of, of Satan. And him getting involved in people's lives and getting in their minds and getting in their hearts and making them say and do things that are not right. That's our enemy. If you think about that, when that person is doing that evil to you and they're not really in their right mind at that time, if Satan's got a hold of their heart, we as Christians, it teaches us how we need to act, what we need to do, what we need to say, and how we're to be. And I fail so many of the times at, at that, because you get hurt, you get your feelings hurt, somebody offended you, that's the word we use today. Uh, there's so much that goes on, people seems like our feelings are on our sleeves a lot. You get stressed, get tired, emotionally, mentally, physically, and then somebody says something to you and sets you off. How do we handle the anger? How do we handle when somebody has done that to us? And when we look in the Bible and, and read the responsibilities of the Christians, I think we can look here and see some, some good stories and, and what was talked about in the introduction. We're going to read a chapter. If you'll take a Bible and read, read with me, Romans chapter 12. We're going to read probably most of this chapter here, maybe all of it, and it will show a lot of responsibilities of a Christian. I think this lesson, it gets a little bit in what Brett spoke on not long ago on, on peace. And it's how we are to get to that peace we get into it internally here, talking about things that go on in our lives that's really hard. We can see these responsibilities, and once we get down to this part where we're not supposed to trade evil for evil, that's where it starts getting difficult. It's easy when Christians are treating us right, isn't it, or friends. But let one of them do something wrong to us and see how we act. And that's where we're at with this lesson. It teaches us where we need to be and when something has been done to us that we don't like. 
I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and to be conformed to this world, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, all and all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Our ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth on teaching. Or he that exhort, exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that sheweth mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. And therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink, for in so doing thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. You know, this scriptures here gets us right into the matter of the lesson. And I can believe here in Romans, as we look at these responsibilities in this introduction, we can see a lot of things. We can see here present themselves as living sacrifices. When we think about that as a living sacrifice, it's stopping and thinking about what we're about to say, listening very well. It's being whenever someone says something, not being hasty to say something wrong back to them. We are not to be conformed to this world. We're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds and prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will. You know, something that we need to keep in mind is whenever we are to prove that good and perfect will of God, it's not going to have anger in it. It's going to have a precise answer that's, that's right. And we find so many of the times, myself, is if something has been said to me to, to get a rise or a stirred up about you, would be to stop, analyze, listen, and either one, don't respond, you can walk off, it'd be better than saying something we shouldn't say, is, but this evil for evil, uh, as the Bible speaks about, that we are not to do, I think that's exactly what it says. If something evil has come our way, we're not to respond with evil back. And that's one of the hardest things to do. You know, 
back years and years ago, when, when the early uh, Indians roamed this land, if there was wars that went on with them and the other parties, they would uh, take a war hatchet at peacetime, they would bury it. And a lot of times they'd bury those things of war that, that was theirs. That's where bury the hatchet phrase come from, is at peacetime they would put those in the ground, they'd cover them up. And I have heard often, the father-in-law has brought this up before, whenever you have this attitude, well, I'm going to bury the hatchet, but I'm going to leave just enough of that handle sticking up out of the ground so I can go grab that thing and rattle it again if I need to. And that's the things that go on in our lives, I believe, is, is that when people will hold grudges and, and Christians, if you're holding a grudge and are not at peace, you still have enough of that hatchet sticking up out of the ground, you go and rattle it with somebody every now and then, it's not right. You know, whenever we, we talk about trading evil for evil, in the old time here, you th you've heard that phrase, an eye for an eye. And then yet you would see them, they'd even go for, for an ear besides the eye and maybe a nose. We are not to be that way. And we're going to see some scriptures here that teaches us that we are to refrain. We are to, to many times just, just be quiet. In more specific terms, we read more of our responsibilities. Christians are to fulfill their function uh, in the body of Christ. We're to imitate. We're to love without hypocrisy, abhor, that that is evil. We're to love our brethren as family, esteem one another highly. We're to rise above that as Christians in our Christian brother and sister. We're to rise above the trading evil for evil. It's telling us here we should esteem one another highly in verse 10. And we're to serve the Lord diligently with a fervent spirit. Also, Christians are to rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, steadfast in prayer, sharing the needs of saints when that responsibility is needed. Give hospitality towards strangers. We're to bless those who, uh, who persecute them. We're to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. So Christians are to be of the same mind as, as, as Christ, and we all are to have the same mind, and that's in humility and lowliness of mind. And usually the humility, if you're reading the Strong's, that is a press down. That's just a take in your pride and, you're, and when you're wanting to rise yourself up, it's just keeping yourself pushed down and having lowliness of mind. And then God will lift you up with that kind of behavior. It's an indication of a transformation. If you think about that, this is different from the world. And you see scriptures that talk about Christians being peculiar people. You know, one of the things that, that really, I think, show out with so many of the times it's it's a little bit at a time many times you'll see yourself frustrated and impatient i think for me it's it's a patient thing sometimes you know you you get treated wrong at at a business deal or or at a counter somewhere you know that you're getting your change back and you just don't get the right service or whatever uh traveling in dallas texas <laughs> that'll get you you know those those things that really get a hold of you and frustrates you, and you get aggravated, and, and you say things that may not be right. And many of the times, that you can see and find yourself doing that with your brothers and sisters. Not just out in the world, but you're bringing that kind of behavior in with brothers and sisters that you love. Husband and wife could go there. She's a sister. 
of mine. I'm her brother. And even in your marriage, if there's things that are said that are not right, we find ourselves coming back with another one just to trumpet, you know, an evil to another evil. But when Satan's got their heart and not in the right mind saying things that's not right, or me, and I'm saying things back, somebody's got to give. Somebody's got to say, all right, Satan, get behind me. Someone's going to have to say, okay, I'm not going to smack you no more. <laughs> and really, that's kind of childish, but you think about that in, in a way, sometimes we go right back the way we was when I was a kid. You're sitting there trading licks, you're going to see which one's going to stop first. And it ain't going to get anything done in our life. In leadership, as servants, in church work, or anything that we do in our life, somebody's got to say, all right, I give. I'm going to bring myself down. I'm going to have humility. I'm going to stop what I'm going to do here or doing that's what's wrong. I'm going to stop. And that's what it comes down to is, is somebody, and usually if you see, for instance, a marriage that's not working, it's not clicking, it's not firing on all cylinders is what a lot of times people will say. They're not working together at the same time, nine times out of ten. One of them has got to be trying to work, and it can be saved. If you get both of them not working, very difficult. And that's what, uh, why the numbers are showing about one out of two are failing. Our behavior has got to show an indication of a transformation as Christians when it comes to trading evil for evil. We need to refrain from that mindset. How do we respond to evil? 12 and 17 says here it's repay or recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest inside of all men. If it be possible as much as life in you to live peaceably with all men, dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place under wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. You know, we don't have the tools to try to get vengeance on each other. We don't. God has the tools for that. He's an ultimate judge that can say that's wrong of that behavior there. And we don't have the vengeance mind. We can't. We don't have that power. God has got that power. We need to live peaceably, peaceably with all, all men. So what's the greatest signs of transformation? Is how one responds to evil. Is how one treats their enemy. You know, human nature responds usually with vengeance, don't they? Somebody smack me on the face, probably going to hit them back. And that's not what the, really the scriptures teach, is it? Someone says a, a word to me, I'm going to trump them. I'm going to say two back. So human nature wants to go there when the scriptures actually is teaching us not to. Is this how Christians are to respond? And this is where I think we're going to start seeing some examples of some of the, the people in the Bible and how they responded. How did Paul respond to evil? 2 Timothy 4 and 14, Alexander the coppersmith did much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Of whom be thou aware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. You know, when Paul was preaching the gospel and, and teaching Christ, and there were those that opposed, he just simply said, God's going to deal with them. He's the judge. He's the one that's going to condemn them. Or not. He's looking at them as, as, as a matter as, we just walk off from it. But you need to be aware of it. This is what's going on. Godly people sometimes fall short and 
commit evil acts. Ian uh, brought forth uh, about David and the story of David. I'm going to touch on that some too. I had the scriptures here already set. And he explained very well in his lesson. A fantastic lesson. And the points, I have points here also I want to make uh, about David and what went on there. In Samuel 11:15, uh, he wrote in the letter saying, Set ye Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle and retire ye from him. Just back off and let him go that he may be smitten and die. You know, when we see an evil done to someone like this, it was David's order against Uriah that was evil. And when we get this thing in our minds to commit that evil, we think we're just doing it to that person. And Ian brought that out very well also. But it's also, as, I, as you can see here, the note, David's evil was despising God's law. And so if, if the law says, Brett, you don't need to go and say harsh things to this person. And yet my pride and evil comes over me to the point where that enemy has got a hold of me in my mind, and I go and say that, I'm despising God's law. I'm despising what he has said that needs to keep me from doing that. And the evil really, ultimately, is not only against that person, but it's against God. It's against God's law. When we do evil against people, we do evil against God. 2 Samuel 12, 9, Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and hast taken his wife to be thy wife, and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house, because thou hast despised me, and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Some of the consequences that Ian talked about, things that get set in order because of things that we do, things that maybe we say in which against God's, God's law. It's despising God not just the person that you've done it against. You know, God will bless us for enduring through times of evil and suffering. James 5, 9 through 11, do not grumble against one another. And this is ESV. I like the words here more than the King James. In the King James, it's, it's grudge. Uh, do not grudge in King James. Here ESV is do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged, behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Think about the end of this for just a moment of this, this scripture. You Think about Job. Think about the faith that he had, what he endured, how he was treated that, how he come out still full of mercy, and God was compassionate on him. But yet, we find ourselves so many of the times, if we come out and outward burst when people attack us, it never ends up right. just doesn't. You know this word grumble, when you look at the Strongs in that, where it talks about grudge, it's not how we think about grudge. When you, we think about grudge today's times, this is... Again, some of those areas you look at it and just think, I didn't know it meant that. Grudge is, I hold a grudge on this guy forever. He's done this to me and I just don't like him. Yet, grumble, the real meaning of grudge in the King James is, is to murmur. It's that low griping. Coming up to say what someone and saying, do you know what that guy did to me? 
he'd said this, and that really hurt my feelings. Or she said that, and he did this, or he did that. It's not grudge. It's, it's grumble. It's griping. So we go up and we start griping to other people about it. Instead of doing what the Bible says, if we have a problem with someone, we go to that person and say, hey, what gives? And we work it out and we make things right between each other. That's the biblical way, whether it's forgiveness, maybe it's I need to forgive or get forgiveness from him, maybe I did something. Maybe I need to say I'm sorry. But this grumble is a murmur where we're just going around and, and griping. And this is where this evil part, trade evil for evil, really, to me, starts hurting. It says here, don't do it against one another so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. And this is where some of these areas start hurting. We're going to be judged on that. The judge is standing at the door. He sees these things. So we shouldn't do them as Christians. Really should, all of us, if we are doing that, take a consideration in our lives, examine ourselves, like when we come to the Lord's table. Am I doing that? Is this one of the evils that I'm doing if I'm trading an evil for an evil? And is this really, truly what the enemy is? Is that, is that person, not the person, the soldier from another foreign country with a shield and a sword, is that person that's saying that to me right now my enemy? Well, if it is, Scripture says to love them. We don't get back in their face. Scripture says that we ask blessings for them, that we pray for them. Really a completely 90 degree of so many of the times of, of the way we act. Be patient and do not grumble. James 5, 7 and 8, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. This is scriptures just right above the one that we just read. This is what we're to do instead of the grumble. You know, sometimes I see if you're working with someone as a Christian and you love someone and, and you're wanting to counsel or help or to say that person has got some sort of thing going on, whether it be spiritual sin of some kind, and you're working with that person and then they, they slip and they slide and they fall back. And you've done it for months and months and months. And you get impatient. Maybe you said something that you shouldn't say. Maybe you get impatient with that person and something happens. You know, the Bible teaches us that we just keep on being patient. That we establish what's the right thing. Establish what God wants us to do in that situation. It tells us here that we are, are like that farmer waiting for that good rain. That it's going to come and that it's going to make a crop. And when we work with people in a spiritual matter, it's God who's going to give those blessings to that matter. We just need to have the patience to continue to work in it. Overcome evil with good is what it comes down to, is overcoming. And when evil comes our way, we replace it with good. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. 
For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Paul is not alone on these writings. Peter also wrote on this. Heard Matt bring some good lessons in, in Peter, and this is an area here he's very familiar with, I'm sure, in his studies. Not rendering evil for evil, not trading evil for evil, or railing for railing, but contrary-wise blessing. So you got someone that's coming up, giving you evil, brother or sister or of the world, are we to have this attitude? Do you know who I am? Do you know where I come from? Do you know how much money, how much power I have? Do you know that you can't do that to me? Matter of fact, I'm going to do it to you twice. <laughs> Seems right, don't it, in this world? Sounds logical. Not rendering evil for evil, scripturally, that attitude's wrong. But contrary wise blessing. So blessing would be that you take it a lot of times. You let them get it out, whatever evils they want to get out. You be prepared for it. Predetermine ourselves that it's coming. And then we deal with it. We pray. We give contrary wise a blessing to them. In 3 and 10 it says, For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, and let his lips that they speak no guile. Let him excuse evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. You know, it's got to be hard, right? Because think about it. We are to have the mind of Christ, low, low mind, humility, and all of us be of the same mind. Christ went to death. They beat him, as we heard today, never opened his mouth. And who in the world has any more right to be offended by the things that we've done to him? All the sins put on him, and he didn't open his mouth. And we get one person say some kind of trash to us, what do we do? So many times, and I, I'm ashamed of it. I, for myself, I am ashamed many times because it's, it's human, the natural, the, the fleshy part wants to come out and attack many times and just get back even. But not by these scriptures here. It teaches us not rendering evil for evil. Our goal is to overcome evil with good. It requires us to use a response or an aggressive response of goodwill and love back to that person. It's never commanded to use vengeance and anger. Ephesians 4 and 31, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God's Christ's sake hath forgiven you. You know, Jesus changed the world by overcoming evil with good. In 1 Peter 2.20, For what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults, you shall take it patiently. But if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently. This is acceptable with God. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Who in his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by, those, by whose stripes were ye healed. 
For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and the bishop of our souls. Jesus' teachings on this shows us how we should be. Of those who hate you, curse you, use you despitefully. So many of the times I get it wrong, and if you judge yourself and examine yourself, you might find areas that you are wrong in it too. Let's read uh, Luke chapter 6. If you have a Bible there and want to turn there with me. Luke 6 and in verse 27. <clears throat> starting out and read 10 verses, I guess, 10 or 11 through 38. But I say unto you which... Unto you which hear, love your enemies, do good to them that which hate you. Bless them that curse you. And pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy cloak also. Give to every man that asketh of thee. And of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if you love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if you do good to them which, which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if you lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend sinners to receive as much again. But love your, your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again and your reward shall be great, and you shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the th unthankful and to the evil. But ye therefore be therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Bless your enemies, or our enemies. Love our enemies. Pray for our enemies. Treat them the way you want to be treated. Lend and do not expect anything back. I think in the scriptures, when you read this, for me, it's some of the hardest areas of my Christian life of, of how we should act. For me it is. And I think, it's a natural thing as the flesh to want to attack back. But as we have read today, spiritually, uh, we, are, we are not to do that. And this is, these are hard readings to read, and it's even more hard to, to put it in training in our lives. God's will on responding to evil is not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrary wise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called that ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, and his lips that they speak no guile, let him excuse evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. It's exactly what Jesus did. And he wanted us to have that same mind. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.